Oh, good morning. Good morning. Um, I, it's as, um, I know several of you feel the same way. It's just, it's moving to see us together um, in so many ways. And we are still so aware that uh, some of you will be joining us soon. So I just, I want to welcome those of you in person. And I look right into this Zoom camera and I say, I want to welcome all of you who are not wearing pants this morning. <laughs> you you are a part of things here, yes. Um, um, this, uh, what, what has taken place over the last few days, I just kind of want to press pause and say thank you for the many of you who gave of your time and used your talents, shared your talents with us to make this place beautiful and to sound so good. Um, Beginning as far back as Thursday, um, several of you were helping get set up for an amazing Good Friday experience, uh, helping with that. Uh, yesterday morning and extending into the afternoon, so much went into um, what is around us today. So thank you. Uh, several of you took the lead. Um, this is, you want to know what is involved in tech. Just look at all of these cables up here. Holy, unless you're OCD, then don't go near it. But um, so much went into this, and it's kind of one of those that w when you love what you're doing and you love who you're doing it for, I'm sure in a lot of ways you don't even, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice, but thank you so much. This is, this is great. Um, I want to, uh, I've, I've shared at least a part of this story before. Um, in 1993, my dad was in, involved on a, in a head-on collision in mid-Missouri. I was in seminary in Texas at the time. Uh, it was a pretty bad accident, multiple surgeries. His jaws were wired shut for three months, um, a lot of rehab, things like that, uh, long recovery, but he pulled through it remarkably well. And it was about a year or so after that that I was asked to speak at a church in Missouri. It was my, my first time at that particular church. And this guy walks up to me and he said, um, you know, hey, I, I knew your dad. And I just want to say that, uh, you know, I'm one of many who really miss him. And the more he talked, the more I realized he thought my dad passed away. And so as I realized that, I let him just continue to talk. And uh, <laughs> just to kind of listen to what all he was saying. And I thought it was kind of funny. And, and then uh, at one point, he eventually said, I'm, I'm sure you really miss your dad a lot. And I said, well, actually, I talked to him this morning. And slowly he realized that my dad was alive and we had a really good time talking. In fact, we even said in that moment, is this like what the resurrection conversations were like <laughs> among, among Christians at the time? Um, the, the story that Suzanne read, um, we're picking it up um, just a few short hours after the resurrection. Mary Magdalene, this is her second time back to the tomb that morning. And she is searching. Uh, she looks in, as, as we're told in this story, looks into the tomb. And uh, that, that verse, uh, verse 11 says she bent over to look into. Now, some of that, uh, you have to know that a, a tomb was often like a cave. So it was probably in a hillside. And it was usually um, kind of carved out. There would be places for, um, for those who had passed to be laid. And um, so she probably had to stoop to look in to see that the tomb was empty. 
But that same phrase, to bend over and to look into, is, can also be translated to look over, uh, to bend over and to look within. Now, clearly, she was bending over and looking into this empty tomb. But I, I thought about that and just all that had transpired over the, that 72-hour that period. And I wondered how much Mary had kind of looked within her and recognized that there was an emptiness in her, not knowing for, cer for certain what had taken place. And uh, I would think that Mary, along with several others, had really been doing some deep soul searching, bending over and looking within. Now, at this point, Mary does not realize that Jesus was alive. She turns to who she thinks is the gardener, and uh, didn't recognize him. We, we know what it's like to not recognize people that we know now. <laughs> um, masks, and some of you I don't recognize because you're dressed up. That's the other thing. <laughs> you don't recognize me either, I know. Um, but uh, the gardener, Jesus, actually, but Mary thinks is the gardener, looks at Mary and and asked a couple of questions that I'm sure he knew the answer to. So it makes me wonder if he's just going to kind of have a little bit of fun with this moment. And he, he says to Mary, why are you crying and who are you looking for? Now, when it says Mary was crying, um, it, we kind of just have that one word for cry that we, and, and maybe you're thinking of like this Hallmark moment where it, it, right on cue that tear begins to roll down her cheek. But actually, this is talking about an ugly cry, okay? And so I want you to uh, turn to someone next to you and Zoom. I want you to type in the chat. I want to know what are characteristics of an ugly cry? When you see or hear an ugly cry. Yeah. All right. All right, um, Brenna, what did people write on, uh, on Zoom? Um, lots of Kleenexes and we'll just, we'll call it nasal discharge, okay? That sounds a little bit more appropriate. No, still doesn't? All right. Yeah, what else? What, what comes to mind with an ugly cry? Yeah. Somebody hyperventilating? Yeah, crazy. Oh, yeah. The yeah, bloodshot eyes. Yeah, the, the sobbing. So what I want you to see in this moment, as best as we can step into this story, we see someone who is broken and vulnerable. This is a very raw and tender moment for Mary. And maybe as you and I think about some of our raw and tender moments, we realize those are also times when we pause to look within. Those are also the times when we are probably most open to asking some of those really tough questions in life. And then Jesus says, who is it that you are looking for? Now, some of you are shocked that Jesus would end a sentence in a preposition. I know that's where, that's where you're hung up, right there. But if we can overlook that, all right? Jesus knows 
the answer to this question, Mary, who is it that you're looking for? You know, and he's, you know, is he doing the Blake Shelton, you know? This, I, so if Jesus knew that Mary was looking for him, why did he pose that question? Why would he pose a question that he already knew the answer to? Well, Mary basically responded by saying, Mr. Gardner, Jesus is missing. Jesus is nowhere to be found. And I got to thinking about how this last year has been for me. And maybe you can relate a little bit to this. But in all that we've been going through, there have been numerous times where I have said, where is God in all of this? Where is God? We got pandemics and social unrest and just broken systems and inequality and so many things. Innocent deaths taking place. I thought about some really special occasions that we will never get to have back that we've missed. And with each of those, I'm like, God, where were you in all of that? It has felt like at times that God is missing, that God is nowhere to be found. Mary confessed, Jesus is missing. But I, I wonder if what Jesus was getting at with this question was to help Mary realize she is confessing more than Jesus is missing. She is confessing that she misses Jesus. Do you understand the difference there? Like it, it, she is expressing more than I, we just don't know where to find him right now. She's like, I miss my friend, Jesus. In 2020, 2021, where is God in all of this? I wonder if a part of this is an opportunity for us to miss God. An opportunity for us to say, I miss a closeness with my friend Jesus. It's awakened me to some ways that I want to draw closer to Jesus. Where is God in all of this? I, I don't know sometimes. But I know I miss God. I miss that sense of closeness to him, and I want to draw closer. And this, this drawing closer... Um, again, this is a really powerful uh, word that Jesus uses when he says, um, who are you looking for? This word look is not just like using your eyes to lay hold of something. It involves, uh, it, it's talking about reflecting and searching and hoping and longing. And actually the word could be translated as craving, Jesus says to her, who are you craving? And this is an opportunity for her to respond to that big question and to recognize she craves that friendship with Jesus. And I want you to know that each of us craves Jesus. I can say that because I know that God created each of us with a desire for him. He created us with this deep longing for him, to crave him. Now, 
to be honest, there are things that we do where we will try to satisfy that craving in other ways, and we don't maybe sense that craving that we have for him at times. But indeed, you were created to crave the risen Christ. And this desire for him is not something that we have to muster back up. Boy, there was a time when I really loved Jesus. I'm going to really work hard and get back to that. A desire for God actually comes from God. If you want to crave God, if you want to draw closer to him, ask him to give you that desire for him. Ask him to fill you with that desire. He knows the looking that you're doing right now. He recognizes that you see, as you look within, there's just something empty. There's something missing right now. And I've tried to fill that emptiness with someone other than Jesus. And this is in those tender and raw moments that we can cry out to him and say, I miss you. I want that friendship with you. And then Jesus speaks Mary's name. And in hearing her name, she didn't just recognize her name. She recognized the voice of the one calling her name. And that's how it is with a friend. When a friend calls you by name, yes, you recognize your name. But you also recognize the friend who said your name. Friendly is not the same as friends. When, if, if we could go back and we could say to Mary Magdalene, describe for us Jesus. I don't think she would say he's friendly. She would say, he is my friend. One of the things that I love about Bay Marin you're not just a bunch of friendly people. We are friends. If you're hanging out with us for the first time, we invite you into a friendship that we share with each other and that we share with Christ. We want to be friends. It goes so far beyond gathering in person, seeing each other on Zoom. We want to share in life together and to be friends. And that is what Mary felt and experienced with Jesus. Jesus is my friend. The Bible talks about this in John chapter 10. Jesus is referring to himself as the shepherd, and he says, the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And then in John 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Um, I'm going to invite uh, the worship team to come back up. And I want to give us, as they're making their way into place, I want to give us an opportunity to do what Mary did, and that is to look within. Now, it's it's kind of common in a church setting that someone might say, bow your heads, and maybe that's good for eliminating distractions. But right now, I want you to bow your head kind of as a symbolic way of looking within. Will you do that with me? And figuratively, as you are looking within, I want you to ask yourself, have you sensed an inner emptiness? Yes, we celebrate an empty tomb. 
But we also acknowledge maybe, maybe there's an emptiness in us. Could it be that what you truly long for has been standing right beside you all along? Mary did not realize how close she was to the one she was craving. Could it be that God is closer to you than you realized? I want you to enter into a friendship with Jesus, to go beyond knowing him as friendly, but to become friends with Jesus, to become so closely acquainted that you recognize his voice when he speaks your name. So would you consider praying this prayer with me, just to yourself, just between you and God? Heavenly Father, I trust that you created me to crave a close friendship with you. And I ask that you would give me a desire for you, reignite my craving for you. Just as a way of confession, praying, I've had an inner emptiness that the things of this world cannot fill. And I acknowledge that it is in the risen Jesus, the risen King, whom I long for and I need. I invite you to fill the empty places within me. Amen.